Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Now, footy uh, seasons are long seasons, and they're, mar- they're, they're a marathon for a reason. So you've got to be able to sustain what you, you do for long periods of time, um, for 26 weeks of the season. So, as I said, we'll go away and have a look at it. Um, there was no comfortability within our group. You know, we had enough lessons throughout the year. Um, and exposure to some of the things that we need to get better at. And, um, and as I said, that's why being a great fit club's challenging because you've got to keep doing it, you've got to keep rocking up, and you've got to do it for longer. We continue our Friday night breakdown for Werribee Isuzu Ute. Upgrade your old Ute into D-Max now. They are paying top dollar for trade-ins. On Crunch Time, Jared Waitley and Sam Edmonds with Luke Hodge and Kane Corns. Kane, do you want to take the first blush at Melbourne from 10 and 0? They then go... Six and eight and get bounced out of the finals in carbon copy style. It felt like one week to the next. Yep. Be, be so there's gentle, a... Kane. Just remember, their supporters <laughs> have come off a tough night last night. Just, just go easy on them. Oh, I know. I know. I, well, I, I think it's confronting for them to think. There's a, there's a number of issues that they need to, to sort out. And a lot of that is in relation to their forward line, which we've spoken about in depth. Um, once again, Ben Brown and, and Fritch and those around them couldn't get it done last night. Luke Jackson, you know, he, he plays one good game in every 12, I reckon, Luke Jackson. He's, his reputation is a lot higher than his performance, and that seems harsh for a young player, and that's what happens when massive rival deals come for you and you decide to put off your contract. There's some speculation around that, but some of his physical efforts last night he would be a little bit embarrassed about. I reckon he was in really good position to mark the footy a couple of times, and wasn't physical enough, and that's gone the same case for, for Ben Brown for a, for a long, long time. So, look, their, their defence is fine, and I think they do defend the ground pretty well, albeit they were sliced up a little bit last night, but the personnel is okay. The, the forward line looked the most dangerous when Petty went forward. How long since you've seen a contested mm. mark like that in Melbourne's forward line that came in the last five minutes of the game? So maybe there's something they can explore there. I think there is going to be significant change. Don't be surprised, Sammy, if there's some rumblings around Cozzy Pickett in the trade period as well. So that's just a I'm not just I'm not reporting anything, but just watch this space with Cozzy Pickett and Luke well, hang Jackson on. because hang on, you can't well, just throw that out there. No, I've I've spoken to a, a couple of clubs and just just watch this space on whether Cozzy Pickett sees his long term future at Melbourne, and there'd be a couple of South Australian clubs desperate to get him back and Jeez. would 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 offer some some crazy money to get him back. So it's going to be a different looking. Melbourne side. I think it's a blessing if Luke Jackson goes because they'll instantly be better if they can get Brody Grundy. They'll receive two first-round draft picks from Fremantle for Jackson, which injects some young talent and youth into the squad, and you get a better Ruckman in Grundy and Gorn. So I think that is definitely worth pursuing. But their forward line's a mess um, and just haven't been competitive enough um, when it's counted. Luke? Yeah, I sort of look back and... I think everyone was <laughs> shocked at round 10 when they were so short-priced uh, for, for the premiership. But 
you, you look at the round 11 game against Fremantle, we know how they play. They have the two talls, four smalls, high, high work rate. Round 12 comes when they play Sydney. They lose to Sydney with no buds. Once again, two talls. They got their pressure of Papley. Collingwood, they got Cox, um, small forwards all around them. So what happened is those three losses, that gave belief to the opposition to think, hang on, there is a way around Melbourne. But that also brings doubt. It brings doubt to the Melbourne team, the Melbourne players that, well, hang on, we've been found out on maybe we can't defend against small sides, teams that move the ball in a, in a chaos matter. Um, we like stable ball movement as the Lions have given them the previous four times. So all of a sudden it doesn't... The mentality of a, of a team that's going up, going up against the superior side is we need to try things. Our best normally doesn't match up to them, so we're going to try things. And, and teams have been doing it all year up until round 10, and Fremantle found a way. Then Sydney found a way. Then Collingwood. And all of a sudden the teams that they really struggled with for the rest of the year, I know they lost to Geelong because well, Geelong are a powerhouse, but... Those three games for me gave every other side the belief that, hang on, we can attack this side. We can attack their weakness, which is ground level in the defensive 50. Um, and I think Kane hit the nail on the head. They didn't get reward for their dominance. If you, you look at the stats through last night, their clearances, their hitouts, um, the pressure around the ball, they've been able to do that consistently throughout the year. But going forward, the hardest, the hardest kick in AFL is a pressure situation from the midfield into a forward line. And they just haven't been able to connect in, in big games this year. Yeah, so that there's no doubt that's that that was the mechanical issue. I'm curious. I feel like I called the same game over and over again mm. in the second half of the season. As soon as teams adjusted to stop allowing the intercept mark, and it took teams between a quarter and a half and two quarters to work that out, and then they adjusted their manner, ratcheted up the pressure, and Melbourne wilted in the face of that. I just think, is there an element that Melbourne didn't meet the physical challenge that was put before them the longer the season went? No, I think that's, I think that's fair. And, and f- yeah, if they're not intercept marking the ball and transitioning from that way or scoring from centre bounce, what else do they have would be... So my, my recollections of Melbourne, and it goes back to the grand final, is right... They look unstoppable when they're streaming out the front of the centre bounce and they're scoring from there. So if you set up for that and you are aware of that, which every team is is now, don't let Oliver and Petrarca and Viney and Harms stream out the middle, handball it to the half forwards and kick it over your head like Neil Bullen did a couple of times last night and you stop them marking the ball in their back line, what else do they have? So I think that is absolutely fair. Can they win a different way, I think is a reasonable assessment of Melbourne. They've shown they haven't been able to. With, the, with how much they were pumped up, over the off-season and then their first 10 games, did they, oh, I guess the old saying, do they drink their own bathwater? Because when things didn't go their way, they're sort of sitting back going, hang on, we did this last year and we came out on top and we we're superior to every other team. All of a sudden, they become undisciplined. So it lo- almost looked like when teams did things against them that they didn't like, they either cracked it and gave away undisciplined free kicks, they turned their toes up, and it wasn't the fight in Melbourne that we sort of that we saw at times late in the season last year. So yeah, good- I think... Sorry, Sammy. I, th- I think that you can go off the stats on that. The amount of times that they had a solid lead. I mean, if you, if you look at you know twenty point plus leads that they've had in game and cough that up, that is a sign that they just expect it to roll on, Sammy.
Yeah, well, he did describe it, didn't he, in the post-match, Simon Goodwin, as, an, as a consistent and ongoing vulnerability that they had that was repeatedly exposed and a consistent theme right throughout the year. Champion Data themselves put it on the agenda earlier on this week via Daniel Hoyne. You know, last year they're plus 201 points in fourth quarters. This year they were minus 41 going into that Brisbane game. That was 14th in the comp. And then since that mid-season point that Jared referenced, so since round 11, they were minus 97 in fourth quarters only North Melbourne and West Coast had a worse differential. So impossible for us on the outside to know, but the change, and it was a big one in the high-performance department, to lose Darren Burgess. Now, Selwyn Griffith replaced him. He was his understudy at Melbourne last year. Impossible for us to know, but you just can't help but wonder whether they had the same ability to explode that they did late in games last year, or it was more of a tactical exposure. Or whether that... Is that the premiership hangover, Luke? Is that the the last percentage points that just it doesn't mean as much it doesn't burn as much you you aren't you aren't as hungry as you were previously because you've you've taste it's it they are such an interesting study i think that it'll be years in the understanding of it but they do stand as as a unique case study in a premiership defense that went south i can only talk from my personal experience and and where we got happy with ourselves post the grand final was in the off-season, where you didn't come back as hungry, you didn't do that extra run, you didn't do that extra weight session. This is in the eight weeks when you were by yourself and it was up to you yourself to motivate yourself. From what I saw from... I, I heard Christian Petraka didn't stop training. So he comes back, gets straight into it. And then for them to go out and win the first 10 games, I, I don't think it was a, a hunger issue because it looked like they came back and they were flying in pre-season, they were flying in the first 10 games. What it was was that not a chip on it, a little bit of the ego or, or the sodings where it's like, hang on, things aren't going our way. We're not going to fight for it and, and change things and adapt to how teams are coming at us. And, and that's the issue with Melbourne. Last year, everyone was waiting for them to fall over in finals because they've never been there. The pressure was going to get to them. And they stood up and they did an excellent job last year. This year, they had every team going at them, finding ways to beat them and, and got to halfway and one team found a way and then a second team, and as I said earlier, gave belief. And all of a sudden, they're sitting back going, well, hang on, what do we do? We haven't been in this situation uh, for a number of years. And you lose good people when you win a premiership as well. They lost their high-performance manager in Darren Burgess, who is regarded as one of the best in the game. They conceded a lot of goals in time on last night. Sometimes you look at things like that, but when you win premierships and when you're involved in a successful programs, other teams will raid them. And as Hodgie would tell you, the high-performance manager is, is, if not second or third most important at the footy club, he's right up there. So to lose Burgess to Adelaide, no doubt that would have had a, a big impact on their physical performance as well. So what, what do they need to do to be right at the cutting edge next year as we sit here the, the day after? And what did Simon Goodwin say last night? You have to unpack your whole program. Yep. And, after, then repack and then repack it, it after a performance yep. like that after an end like that. Who's to say whether Adam Uze is there next year? He may very well be the coach of Essendon by then. Um, Kane, what, what's what's their trajectory now? Well, I think what you said and, and listening to Chris Scott speak a couple of weeks ago about what he did, even though he'd been there for 11, 10 or 11 years, they did just that. So they went down in October and unpacked the whole thing and he sort of said, Treat me like I'm a new coach. Uh, let's look at every player. Let's look at the strengths of our team. And let's design a game plan around the strength of our players and be really positive about that. And that's how they built the new tweaks to their game style. They, they've got to be a bit more attacking. They, they were prepared to do that early last night. And it worked incredibly well. They were picking off kicks through the middle of the ground. I think they can be more aggressive with their ball movement and give their... 
their forwards a chance. So there'll be some personnel issues and, and that will help. The thing that I like about Melbourne is they are aggressive in that space, even to the point where they went after Adam Chera last year, Sammy, with a mm. small chance that they could get him. Dunstan came in and hasn't had an impact, but at least they were looking to that. I love the fact, as I said, they're going after Brody Grundy. So they realise this is the time. You've got Oliver, you've got Petrarchi, you've got, you've got them all stitched up long-term. This is the core group. They must win a premiership, you know, probably in the next three years before they're going to have to really reset. But unpacking the whole program would be a wise thing to do off the back of what Geelong did last year as well. Did the, did the off-field stuff end up wearing them down? Because you look through and, and a season's hard enough when you're trying to respond from a premiership with everyone coming at you. But they had the board fighting with the leaks, supposed leaks that were coming out. They had the issues with, I think it was Goodwin and the doctor, how the treatment there with, with staff. Then they had the Melksham and May incidents with two teammate verbally verbally saying stuff in front of your own teammates about missing out on grand finals or we would we would have lost if you had applied uh, which was the report so does all this stuff added with all the other teams coming at you wear you down to a stage where all of a sudden it's bang bang in pressure situations and you're out in straight sets i think tony jones the other tony jones would say luke we'll let that stand as a comment rather than a question because i think <laughs> in there somewhere is a truth and we speculated upon it at the time, is it's very rare for a club to be able to absorb so many conflicting forces tearing at yourselves, never mind what's happening externally. And there'll be a bit of reflection. Some of it was out of their control and some of it was in their control. But it's it's an open question, Kane. Did the Premiership defence come unstuck at Entrecote? Yeah, and that, that, that's no doubt. And you could only, as you say, you could only analyse that from internally. But I think you'd be naive to think that didn't play a part in it. You need a lot to go right. I mean, we're blessed to be sitting with a guy who's won back-to-back premierships, but they're hard to win. Like, back-to-back premierships are so hard to win. The competition's never been as even as this, and they've always been hard to win. I mean, we've been lucky to see a couple recently in, in this century, but... They're hard to win. You need everything going right for you, and, and certainly everything wasn't going right for Melbourne this year on and off the field. We'll get you to turn your attention next to the players whose credentials were enhanced by what yep. happened last night. You hinted at a list, Kane. You and Hodgie can kick those around, mm. the players who are just immensely enhanced on the Lions side of the equation in particular through two finals with a preliminary final to come. You're listening to Crunch Time. Our Friday night footy dice discussion is for Werribee Isuzu Ute. They make buying cars easy. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.